0: I'd believe Dave. And that's what was so scary. He is making great points. And if you're already questioning your own sanity, because you know Dave is a hallucination you've had in the past, and here he is, right in front of you, and you touched his slipper and he threw a coconut at you.
1: nice glasses lauren
0: shut up i'm just trying to get used to them honestly did you get that tiktok i sent you yeah that was my exact reaction to this entire situation and it's funny because my friend at work she just got glasses too and she's the person who like inspired me to finally make the appointment and she said when she put hers on that she was like oh my gosh it's such a big difference i did not have that experience i put them on and i was like 150 bucks for what?
1: You I know you just... didn't have to get them.
0: I know, but I do have some things like my eyes hurt at the end of the day. So I'm going to trust science and wear them when I'm supposed to wear them. But all it does is make stuff a little bit bigger. That's mm-hmm. it. It doesn't crisp anything up for me. It just makes what I'm reading like a little bit bigger. And I feel like I don't need that.
1: You okay. sound you sound like you're complaining. Okay, how do I word this? You are fortunate enough to only kind of need glasses. Like, if you decided not to wear them, if you lost them, I don't really think it would be that big a deal for you. I am blind without my glasses. So I don't care for the... Just the entire way you're coming off. Like, you could either wear them or not. It's your choice.
0: Yeah, I know that. I'm just, I'm struggling with the concept of glasses. I've never worn glasses before and I've always prided myself on excellent vision and I don't like the way they look on me. I feel very self-conscious about it, so.
1: I think you look fine.
0: No one cares what you think, Zane. I
1: ask Kate all the time, do you prefer me with or without my glasses? because she is one of the few people that is like in my life a lot that knew knows me post glasses. So like she saw pictures of me as a kid not wearing glasses and she said that it was weird.
0: Yeah, because she's used to you in glasses.
1: Yeah. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Lauren gets lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And today we are covering season 2 episode 18 titled Dave
0: what a doozy.
1: This is a weird episode.
0: Oh, really weird episode. And I will say, I'm sure you saw from my notes. Lost tends to do this to me sometimes. It makes me feel really smart for anticipating what I think the twist is and then smacking me in the face with the real twist. That's what happened this episode. It, I was not ready.
1: Looking back at this episode, this is just my opinion, and maybe you will feel the same partially because you just know that the show is six seasons. But jumping ahead, a lot of the conversation in the back half of the episode is none of this is real. Now, that steers into the whole they were dead the whole time conversation that people like to have. Let's just ignore that. But that whole thing with her really like, questioning his reality, it doesn't really Like looking back at it now, it doesn't really work because obviously it's not like there's no question that this is fake or real
0: for us, the viewer, but not for him. He only has his singular perspective on everything. So, of course, he could question it, especially when he's having a hallucination. Which is going to question, make him question his own sanity. It's not a stretch to think, well, is any of this real?
1: I think the reason I don't like that particular storyline and we'll get into it as we go further is because it's Hurley comes off a little selfish in this episode, which is just nothing like Hurley has ever presented in the series so far. Like the whole conversation with Libby at the end and then the destruction of the food, it just seems completely out of left field for Hurley's character to only be thinking about his perspective.
0: I feel like you're missing the, the bigger picture of this episode. Which is? Like, of course it was out of left field for Hurley. The Hurley was having, not to completely oversimplify it, but Hurley was having a bad day. Like, that's what Libby was saying. She was like, this is not you. The Hurley that we know is like fun loving and cares for other people and all that stuff. And... He was being influenced by Dave who doesn't want him to be the best version of himself, wants him to be selfish and all of this stuff. So yeah, of course, Hurley was being selfish and not being himself. Like, that's the whole point.
1: The destruction of the food came before Dave even showed up.
0: That part I said was bonkers. I put that in my notes and we'll get there. Let's just get into the episode because I have a lot of thoughts and I don't want to just like, yeah put all my thoughts out right now
1: all right i'll quickly just run through the quick bits i know we don't care about them
0: this episode was directed by jack bender actually yeah i know i saw it on the thing <laughs> and i was like well there's first quick bit
1: the numbers popped up uh the deck that hurley stepped onto was made for eight people but 23 people were on it speaking of that according to jorge garcia who plays hurley Many fans thought at one point that Locke became crippled because he was one of the people on the balcony that collapsed.
0: That would be an interesting, that'd be interesting.
1: I'm not sure how I feel about it. I feel like-
0: I wouldn't love it, but it would be a twist.
1: It definitely would be a twist of some kind.
0: But I mean, this episode was twisty enough.
1: Both season one and season two, episode 18 are Hurley-centric episodes. And lastly, the reveal at the end of this episode was such a secret that only director Jack Bender and his assistant director knew about it. And obviously the writers and the people that filmed it. And your synopsis?
0: My synopsis is, it's Hurley's turn to take a ride on the island crazy train. <laughs> and let me tell you, I your little Gen Z voice was in my head when I was writing this synopsis because you and Kate were saying, oh, saying crazy is ableist. Let's just say I mean that. No offense. I couldn't. I'm really trying to make a conscious effort to cuss less on this podcast. <laughs> I'm trying really hard. My initial synopsis had the F word in it. And I'm trying to be better. So I'm going to try to cuss less. I'm just going to try. Well,
1: let's get into it. Let's. The episode starts off with Libby leading Hurley on an exercise and he is struggling. Hurley says that he needs to drop some weight and Libby tells him that some people's metabolisms are slower. But Hurley tells her that it's not that and then he calls himself sick. He tries to back out, but Libby says that sh- he can trust her and he says it's bad.
0: You can check my notes to verify this. When she's like, Hurley, you can trust me. I literally put in my notes, why do I feel like I can't trust her? I Something about her... I know I made the joke about her being an other. Obviously, the end of this episode kind of throws that joke of a theory.
1: For those of you who don't listen to flashbacks, Lauren at one point jokingly theorized that there was a third other infiltrator after Ethan and Goodwin. And she was like, it could be someone that we don't know the backstory of, like one of the Tailies. And I was like, well, the only one we don't know is Libby. And you were like, yeah, I guess that makes sense.
0: Well, I I said Libby. Because when I literally thought that, I was like, if I had to guess, someone would be Libby. She gives me bad vibes. She always has. And there is no reason. I can't put my finger on it. But when she's like, you can trust me, I was like, can he though? Because I don't trust you. And I don't know why. And I don't know if the end of the episode means that I can't trust her. I'm not saying that. But Clearly, there's more to her story that she's not telling him. I don't trust her. I'm just going to say it.
1: In your defense on the whole, I don't trust Libby thing, thinking about Ethan and thinking about Goodwin, both of them were nothing but helpful until the turning point. And Libby has been nothing but helpful.
0: Exactly. She's too helpful.
1: So we go to the food stash. And Hurley explains that he was losing weight when they first crashed on the island, but then they found the hatch and all the food. He says that he tried to give it all away, but he kept some for himself. And then he says that he wished he could get rid of it, and Libby just tells him to. And then they just destroy all of it in like a little montage.
0: I hated it. I Honestly, I hated it so much.
1: This is one of like the most talked about like what the fuck moments um, amongst Lost fans. Like it doesn't make any sense. It is established there's still food in the hatch for people like on shift. Could have just taken it there. Could have just brought it to the to the beach. I don't understand why they destroyed it. Now food has never really been a problem on this show. It seems like anytime food's a problem it just gets quickly resolved. But just from a logical standpoint, this was really weird.
0: Yeah, and not to mention okay, I-, I truly do feel like Hurley is in people's good graces enough that he could have taken this to lo- uh to Jack I and mean, been like I made a mistake, but I feel really bad about it here. I want to put this back in the hatch or he could have snuck it in slowly. Like so many different options. I- destroying it that's so wasteful. Bigger picture here people, like you were all stranded on an island for who knows how long. Okay, throw the ranch out. Who's going to eat that ranch, honestly? If but you get like,
1: desperate enough.
0: But there was so much there. And I understand that it's all basically negated by the next scene, but it's just- They, I they didn't it. know
1: about that, is the thing. Yeah, that's, that's why it's so fucked up.
0: And I'm, I'm just like, Libby, you're supposed to be- Well, I guess not. I was going to say logical. Well- Well, okay, but at this point in time, we think she's a therapist. I right. understand you're having him- have a breakthrough but let's think about the bigger picture here where we're all stranded on an island yeah you know
1: what i was saying earlier about hurley coming off as selfish this is mainly what i was talking about it just felt so not within the scope of his character like the rest of it i get it was like he was kind of having a breakdown but like this was just strange
0: the thing is I get that, but if you think about it, he was either gonna hide all that food and eat it for himself or destroy it. In both of those scenarios, he's the only one that gets the food. Nobody else gets the food. The person that I'm more questioning here is Libby. You know, she steps in and she could've had a different outcome. Instead, she was like, yeah, let's destroy all this food. What?
1: don't really understand how we got to this point with the food, like before the pallet arrives, because the whole thing and Everybody Hates Hugo was there's not enough food to ration because if there's only enough for one person for however many days and there's 40 of us, but it's established there's food in the hatch and Hurley has a pretty decent size stash. What happened there?
0: I've questioned that when they mentioned the food in the hatch, because I was like, uh, I thought we did eat up all the food and ate it. I thought there wasn't that much food. So clearly there's that's just, I think, kind of a continuity error.
1: I mean, I I guess it would make sense that at that point, Locke's, you know, rotation of the hatch was established. So they probably just been like, all right, we're going to leave enough food in here for X amount of days for the hatch people and then like give out the rest. But still, I don't really know. But after the montage, Libby asks how Hurley feels and he says that he feels free. And then they have like a big hug and she kind of like caresses his hair and it seems like a kiss is about to happen but Sun and Jin interrupt the moment. Basically all the survivors have surrounded the food palette and it's just chaos as everyone's just taking their food. Libby asks where it came from and Charlie talks about the lockdown at the hatch and speculates that it was because of this delivery. Where do you land on that?
0: I, I don't think that the two are related. I guess they could be. But it wasn't my thought process. I thought what was interesting about this is you kind of repeatedly bring up, should we be giving this information to the rest of the group? And this is one of those cases where they did. They went ahead and told everyone. And like later, they're like, oh, Jack's over announcing to everybody about Henry slash not Henry. So Well, at that point,
1: Kate knew. So everyone's going to know.
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's true.
1: Maybe not specifically Kate, but enough people knew that word was going to get out. Also at that point, Locke was hurt and I think questions were going to start getting asked. Yeah. Charlie asks if anyone saw a plane and Sawyer jokes that he saw it and decided not to say anything. Then some extras start fighting over the food and Sawyer calls for order. Charlie says someone more trustworthy should be in charge and Sawyer calls him a baby napper.
0: (laughs) I liked that line. That was funny. I also think it's interesting that Charlie's like calling Sawyer out for being untrustworthy when he was literally in cahoots with him. on Yeah, this whole gun that's thing. what I
1: was going to say. It's like, dude, you were part of it. Also, baby napper.
0: That was pretty good.
1: Charlie suggests that Hurley should do it, who immediately says no. Libby says that no one should be in charge and people can just focus on taking what they need. And Sawyer sarcastically says that that is a great idea. Then Hurley sees a bald man in a bathrobe, while everyone is trying to figure out trading for food and the man disappears. Hurley walks around looking for the man and he appears again at the tree line. Hurley chases after him in trips, but finds a slipper laying in the jungle in a spooked. We later learn that this is Dave. What was your first thoughts on the sudden appearance of Dave?
0: Well, I mean, to me, it was basically just like, Oh, it's Hurley's turn. Like Jack, Chased his ghost daddy. Kate had the horse, even though we later see that the horse was real, but she was like questioning what she was seeing. I feel like other people have seen things. I don't really remember. Well, Shannon saw Walt.
1: The boar, I guess you could put with the category of the horse.
0: Correct. And then
1: lock in his dream.
0: Yeah. So I thought it was another thing like that. What took a step up was the tangible slipper it made the hallucination because it is a hallucination just made it more real instead of just like oh it's a playing tricks on on my eyes he's like literally thinks he's holding a slipper so we just see that this is a a much more solid hallucination i guess
1: later libby finds hurley playing with the slipper and asks what he was looking for earlier hurley says no one libby tries again but hurley says he doesn't want to talk about it and then libby says it's weird that more food fell from the sky after he destroyed his stash. And then she says that she is proud of him for not freaking out. So obviously the stash arrived the previous night, but do you think there is any coincidence or fate to the fact that Hurley destroyed his stash right before?
0: No, I literally just think it's a coincidence.
1: In the first flashback, Hurley's psychiatrist?
0: We can say, sure. I mean, we later see him like making sure he takes his medication, which doesn't necessarily mean he's a psychiatrist. But typically, from what I understand, a psychiatrist is really only dealing with the medication. And that would probably be more of a therapist or a psychologist who's doing the actual like talk therapy and everything like that.
1: Dr. Brooks. Hurley and Dr. Brooks at Santa Rosa Hospital are having a conversation. And Dr. Brooks asks about Hurley's diet, saying that it will get easier. He then asks about his relationship with Carmen. And if Hurley is still mad at her, Hurley says he understands why Carmen put him in there. It was for a reason. The accident. What was your like, did you have a theory at all? Or were you just like, we're going to find out?
0: No, I didn't have a theory. It's just like, hmm, wonder what that is.
1: Hurley doesn't want to talk about the accident. And then we've learned that he's been there for two months. And Dr. Brooks decides to switch the conversation to his homework assignment, which was a list of things that he likes about himself. Hurley says Dave didn't do it, so neither did he. And Brooks says that they have discussed in the past about Dave being a bad influence. Then Hurley says Dave is the most normal person in there, and the doctor counters that he doesn't want him to change. We go to a basketball game where Hurley finds Dave playing with the other patients, and Dave makes fun of them and walks over to Hurley. The patients throw the ball to Hurley, and Dave gets frustrated with them for not throwing it to him. But then he quickly changes the topic to tacos, and Hurley says Dr. Brooks calls him negative. Dave asks if Brooks is getting in his head and then tells him to focus on what kind of taco he wants. And Hurley decides that he can eat and they head that way.
0: Already in the therapy scene when Dr. Brooks is like, Dave doesn't want you to change. I was like, Dave is not real. Called it from the very beginning. Like, I've seen the sixth sense. I know when someone's not real. The basketball scene just confirmed it for me. Check my notes. I put it in there like three times. Like this is obvious, but this once again is one of those things that I have issues with where I'm like, am I the smartest person alive or is it supposed to be that obvious? (laughs) That's my question. I don't know. But this is the example that I was talking about of the show putting me into this like false sense of arrogance. Almost. I was like, this twist is so obvious. And then I, and then I stopped thinking bam the Libby thing
1: I recently cut together a TikTok of you making predictions that you got like absolutely right like seasons in advance while playing J. Cole's she knows you can't watch it not for a long time um but I was like damn she is just fucking on it lately and I'm actually really glad I don't get to watch episodes with you because Kate told me that she knew things were going to happen because I would just start staring at her and not watch the TV because I wanted to see her reaction. So I feel like, A, I'd give that away. And B, I feel like you're going to start predicting things that are, like, iconic to the show to me, and it's just going to really piss me off.
0: Well, I've said it before. This is another thing where I'm very arrogant. I'm a very intuitive person. When I'm watching something, it, all it takes is like the tick of an eyebrow and that is uh, something will be spoiled for me yeah if you were staring at me during something i would immediately be like well duh obviously this is important and obviously something's about to happen like i don't know if you've heard but i'm watching naruto and <laughs> still it's
1: been months
0: <laughs> i shit you not shippuden has 500 episodes we watch it every single day and we skip the fillers and we're still watching it we're we're pretty far into it i'd say we're at around like three What
1: i don't watch anime what the fuck is a filler
0: so basically the show was going but then when they would get to the end of where the manga was at the time they would make filler episodes until the manga until they would create more and also i've heard manga and manga guys sorry i'm stupid don't let the glasses fool you i am dumb so i don't know which one's right but so they would make filler episodes until they would Make more of the story in with the manga, and then they would start to continue the story. So there's basically just like episodes that don't progress the plot because they wanted to keep making episodes. Does that make sense?
1: I've heard of filler episodes, but I didn't realize that they just straight up have storylines that are filler for like weeks on end.
0: I don't know how long because Andrew, like, literally will just be like, he has a chart because he's seen it before, he has a chart that says okay, you can skip these episodes and he'll just click, click, click. But I close my eyes so I can't see anything on the thumbnails. So he just goes through. So I don't know. Sometimes it skips like a lot. Sometimes it's just a couple. But like, for instance, we were watching the original series of Naruto and all of a sudden we get to this part where they're looking for Sasuke and there's this whole thing. I know you don't know, but some people watch Naruto. It's a very popular show. So I'm going to be specific. There's like this whole thing about how they're trying to find this bug that can track someone's scent. And it's really hard to get. And you can always only get this bug on one day. And there's like this whole thing on the bug. And in the end, what they do is when you capture the bug, it has to smell that person's scent and then it'll go find them, but you only get one chance. And right when the bug is supposed to smell Sasuke's clothing, Naruto farts. And that's what the bug smells. And I was like, what the hell was the point of that whole thing? And turns out it was just filler. So we we didn't realize. And so then we skipped ahead. So why I just got off on such a tangent. Anyway, the whole point of that was that I always know when something is important is going to happen because Andrew will be like, put your phone down or like, are you paying attention? I'm like, okay, well, thanks. Now I know that, you know, something is about to happen.
1: Okay, so I, I can understand your frustration with that. But when I showed Kate Lost there were times where she would be on her phone when like something was like really important is going to happen. And like, you, you know how it is. You watch game of Thrones. It's not a show that you can just like passively watch. And I argue that Lost is one of those shows. So it gets frustrating, especially with me and like my obsession. I'm just like, put your fucking phone away.
0: Well, trust me now I'm not allowed to have my phone during Naruto. And I say that. People, look, I hate when girls are like, my boyfriend doesn't let me. That's not what I mean. It's an agreed upon thing. I have to like throw my phone across the room because I have missed like full plot points because I sit on my phone and play games instead of watching the show.
1: I don't know if that surprises anybody that listens to this podcast, (laughs) considering what I've yelled at you about.
0: I know. But uh, yeah, I know it's bad.
1: In the hatch, Jack checks on Locke's leg, and he cannot determine if it's broken, but when he squeezes it, Locke jerks in pain and Jack apologizes. Kate joins them and asks how Locke is doing, and Jack determines that it's a hairline fracture, and he has to keep weight off of it for a few weeks. Jack offers a wheelchair, and Locke immediately says no, and then Kate offers crutches instead, which he accepts, and she goes to get them. Locke says Henry could have escaped. We're just going to keep calling him Henry, by the way. Locke says Henry could have escaped, but he came back, and then he asks why he did that. Jack says that he came back because he thought his story was going to check out. So last week, we discussed this a little bit, and I just kind of want to get into it a little bit more. You think he's there to infiltrate. To what end? And the reason I ask this is because it's established that it seems like the others have the upper hand. If they wanted to just take all of them, they could. And they also said, just stay on your side of the island and... We can coexist, essentially. Why is Henry there?
0: I I wish I had some sort of insightful answer to this. I don't. I really don't know. But I will say that I love Henry as a character, whether his name is Henry or not. He's fun to watch. I don't know if I believe a word he says ever, but I like him.
1: In the armory, Said and Ana Lucia interrogate Henry, who is just like strung up like butterfly tied or whatever. He's just like all appendages out. And Henry spins a tale about finding the real Henry Gale dead in the basket four months ago. He said he was part of the search party. At first I was like, are you saying you're part of the search party, like trying to find Henry Gale or you're just like a member of the others who was searching?
0: I was confused about that. I was like, what do you mean, the search party?
1: I think he had to have meant the search party of amongst the others, because there's no way that he'd be like, yeah, I'm stationed in California. We got word that a balloon went down. We came looking. And I just assumed his identity.
0: Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. That was weird.
1: Anna tries to pipe in, but Saeed stops her and lets Henry bait himself into this lie. Then he reveals that The real Henry Gale wrote his thoughts on $20 bills, and in the message he wrote to Jennifer about trying to start a signal fire. Said asked then how he wrote a note if his neck was broken. Henry pivots and says that it was not him, and Said asks how he knew Jennifer's name and if he interrogated Henry. He then asks how many of the others there are. Henry says if he talks, they have no idea what he will do to him. Ana Lucia refers to Mr. Friendly as the leader, but Henry says that he is just nothing compared to him. Saeed asks how many there are again, and Henry says he does not understand. Then Saeed pulls a gun, which Ana Lucia tries to stop him. Said threatens to shoot if he does not talk. Henry says he's not a bad person, and Said does pull the trigger, but Ana Lucia knocks the gun up, causing him to miss, and then shoves Saeed, asking what the hell is wrong with him. One... Michael Emerson's acting was really good in this scene, in my opinion. The, the, I am not a bad person. Yeah. What do you think about Saeed tactics here? Or do you think he's slipping?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think he was going to just shoot him. And I think he's letting his emotions control him right now. Good thing his girlfriend, Anna Lucia, is there to put him in check.
1: Well, as I was watching this, I was like, mm, could be some good material there for the fanfic. Mhm. Subscribe to our
0: YouTube. I'm telling you, they have excellent tension.
1: I showed Devin uh, the blooper reel the other day, and she subscribed. And I was like, "Oh, thanks for doing that," because Lauren has to read a uh, fanfic fanfiction if we get 100 subscribers.
0: <laughs> Honestly, the problem with the fanfic is that I don't know. I've never written a short story before. I don't know how to like quickly move through a story. I like. I don't know what the appropriate amount of like detail and How long? I don't know. It's going to be difficult. It might end up being more like I'm reading excerpts. Guys, once again, glasses don't mean I'm smart. How do you say that word? Excerpts. Excerpts Excerpts from my novel. Because now that I have glasses, I can write a novel.
1: I can send you some of my Arrowverse fanfiction if you want.
0: Do you still write stories? Do you remember you used to like, basically it was fanfic. You used to like write stories every night?
1: You know, yes and no. Not nearly as uh frequently as I did but I actually deleted all those recently
0: because you, you sent them to your ex-girlfriend
1: yeah and I saw her
0: <laughs> I forgot which girlfriend that even was yeah we
1: don't need to talk about it
0: saying <laughs> such a player
1: <laughs> yeah so many girls three maybe four
0: I want you to know you know we've talked about our bits sometimes andrew and i's bit is we go my next girlfriend (laughs) he literally did that the other day he goes he (laughs) he goes my next girlfriend is gonna have a cool accent and then he looked at me and he goes my next girlfriend
1: (laughs) best part is the girlfriend that we were just talking about was not that one either
0: yeah i know i'm just talking about all all your girls
1: yeah all four of them
0: (laughs) more than mine I've had zero girls.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Recently, there's been a lot of discussion on our TikTok about the character of Ana Lucia that you are not allowed to take part of because there's spoilers involved. But people really dislike her, and I argue that she started off hot, but like she becomes bearable. And I don't understand why people like hate her so much. In this scene, she's very like calm and put together.
0: I can only comment, obviously, on what I've seen so far. Ana Lucia started pretty bad. But I wouldn't even say she's bearable. I would say she's fine. She's not doing anything wrong now. And she's, you know, almost uh, pleasant. Like, for her, for her personality, I think I could even like her eventually. Maybe it's just because I'm shipping her so hard with Saeed. And you know what? It's actually devastating to me that, that it's not going to happen. And if she gets with Jack, ugh, I'll be so upset.
1: That one would just kind of come out of nowhere. Like, I feel like they had like one or two moments when she first showed up. And then obviously the flashback, but they like barely talk anymore.
0: Yeah, I agree. It would be stupid, but sometimes shows are stupid.
1: Is there any part of you, whether it's small, that believes Henry with the I'm not a bad person?
0: I believe that he thinks he's not a bad person. Like, I think that's a true statement for what it is. And what it is, is like, he doesn't think he's a bad person.
1: Now, do you mean that? And like, he's like an evil person who's just like, I don't give a fuck about anybody else. I know I'm the best, blah, 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 blah. Or do you think he's a brainwashed other who thinks he's a good person, but he's like doing bad stuff?
0: I don't necessarily have any evidence to say that He's doing bad stuff. I think the others are doing bad stuff. And I don't know what they're doing, but, you know, like, stealing children and and, and almost killing Claire. That's bad stuff. And by association, because he's, you know, involved in that, that's not great. But I don't necessarily think that he's a bad person. Could you
1: see a Henry Redemption arc?
0: Well... The only thing he has to redeem right now is that he lied. I could see liking him. I don't really know. I still don't really know what his full purpose in the show will be, but I could see being a fan of him.
1: Charlie drags a pallet over to Echo's workstation and Echo thanks him and asks if he wants to help. Charlie asks what they are making and Echo just puts him to work. Charlie asks if it's Starbucks. And Echo continues to make him work, saying he will tell him later. I'm going to ask you now, because we are going to find out soon. So I Mm -hmm. want you to lock in a guess. What are they making?
0: I'm just going to say like a shelter of some sort. Also, what I did put in my notes is Charlie Redemption Arc. I think it's starting.
1: I have a a thought about Charlie later on. Mm -hmm. Hurley searches the jungle for Dave and finds Dharma Goldfish. He opens the box and starts chowing down when he hears Dave sneak up on him. He says that Dave isn't there, so Dave throws a coconut at him, which hits him. Then Dave takes off running and Hurley chases after him. He comes out to the beach and finds Echo and Charlie, and Hurley asks if he saw a guy in a bathrobe with a coconut, and Charlie says he saw a polar bear on rollerblades with a mango. And Echo says he did not see anything, and Hurley agrees and walks away. Here's my note about Charlie. I thought that was hilarious and like we've talked about him like kind of speaking condescendingly to Hurley in like the past but given the context what Hurley said was fucking ridiculous so it deserves a ridiculous response and i thought it was funny and i'm proud to say charlie did not bother me in this episode
0: look i'm just going to put it on record i think this is his redemption arc and i think from here on i'm not going to i'm not going to talk shit about charlie
1: lock it in folks
0: lock it in
1: We just released bloopers part one, where every time they weren't really bloopers, but anytime we said something positive about Charlie, I just put, we do not stand by this.
0: And if you want to see that, you can head on over to our YouTube, Lauren Gets Lost.
1: Make sure you subscribe. Or don't. Please do. We get a flashback where Hurley and Lenny are playing Connect Four. Dave teases Lenny about the numbers. Hurley says that they are just numbers, which was was really nice to hear. And then Dave criticizes Hurley for eating celery. He tells her to steal Lenny's graham crackers, and then a nurse gives Hurley his medication. But Dave tells him not to take it so that they can escape. Dave says Dr. Brooks doesn't care about Hurley and asks what he's even taking. Clonazepam. Got it in one. Dr. Brooks asks if anything is wrong with the medication, and Hurley says he was just talking to Dave. Brooks and Dave converse, and then Brooks has them get closer to take a photo. Hurley then takes his meds, and Brooks leaves, and Hurley reveals that he did not swallow the pills. Then Dave tells him to lay low and the time is right. They will escape.
0: So I put in my notes that I knew that that picture was going to be what reveals that Dave is not real. And also, I don't know this. I I was wondering if you looked it up. Isn't clonazepam an antipsychotic?
1: I believe it is. I think Hurley even calls it that when he's talking to Sawyer.
0: Well, he doesn't say specifically it's an antipsychotic, but he alludes to it by describing what the medication does. The reason I ask is because...
1: It, It comes up as sedative.
0: Okay. So twould not be an anti I don't think. I am not a psychiatrist. The reason I ask is this is not exactly the time to bring this up. But the interesting thing about this whole thing with Hurley is that, like you said, he's been chill this whole time. So it's like, what triggered this? And my question was, well, maybe he had been on medication still and Now that he's been off of it for however long while they've been on the island now is when like, oh shit, we're going to have some like he's kept going back into his previous mental state.
1: But also just be things on the island are getting worse.
0: Well, it could be. But my whole thing is like, do we really have evidence of that? Like he seems fine. There hasn't really been any like triggers for him that we know of
1: 14 episodes ago, he almost blew up the hatch.
0: That was the food triggering him, which we know he has a history of. And we thought that that was resolved until we learned about the stash. So I so he, guess it's just that.
1: It, it might has to be that because he destroyed the stash and then more food just magically shows up. And then he sees Dave for the first time. I guess. It was very sudden. But it's a TV show. It
0: just I understand that. I yeah, whatever.
1: So Sawyer breaks his cookie and Hurley gives him a tip on how to break it apart without destroying it. Hurley then tells him that he is in the market for medication and Sawyer says he is no longer trading. He has enough food to open a chain of mini-marts and ask if society needs a job. I think something that doesn't get talked about enough when we talk about how we like Sawyer and like how he has character redemption and stuff like that. He's still racist.
0: Yeah, he is. I'm going to blame the writers and the time period of the show yeah and i'll just say obviously i don't like that part of him
1: hurley says that he was hoping he would do him a favor since he helped him with the tree frog and then says he needs clonazepam sawyer asks what hurley is seeing and hurley describes dave then sawyer points behind him the classic fake out and then hurley tackles him to the tent and whoops his ass repeatedly repeating all the nicknames that sawyer has ever given him son makes a laughing gin break it up then Sawyer calls Hurley crazy, and Hurley says that he is not. Thoughts?
0: Sawyer deserved that.
1: Absolutely. fucking You
0: know what? It, what's frustrating about it is that even afterwards, Sawyer has no, like, oh, I kind of deserved that. Like, he just walks around and is like, Hurley's crazy, Hurley's crazy. No, Hurley snapped because you keep calling him fat and calling him crazy, and you're poking the bear, dude, and, like, you got got. Sorry. Watching Sun and Jin laugh at it was hilarious. Sun was laughing too. She was trying to act like she wasn't, but she was. And this was a really difficult episode. But Jin is going to get haughty of the week because that's it was a, it wasn't a lot to go off of. And yeah, that's that's who it is.
1: As it was happening, I know you would never give it to him, but I was thinking Hurley trying to present a case for haughty of the week by women Sawyer's ass.
0: It's just, it's frustrating because it's like, Sawyer's not going to learn his lesson. He's just going to feel like, oh, that crazy guy like beat me up. No, you deserved it. Stop being such an ass.
1: Something we don't talk about is, or talk about enough. Do any of these people like genuinely like each other? Do they hang out because they're just on the island? Like if they were to be rescued tomorrow, how often do you think they'd actually speak to each other?
0: Mm, I don't really, like, There's probably different levels of it. Some of them genuinely like each other and some of them, it's just like proximity.
1: In my brain, I just pictured like a little scene where like Jack's walking down the street and bumps into someone. He's like, hey, oh my God, how are you doing? And the guy's like, you still don't know my name. And he's like, no, it's
0: Scott. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Kate and Sora discuss Hurley kicking his ass as Sora rebuilds his tent. And Kate asks why Hurley of all people would whoop on him like that. Uh, Like we said, Sawyer says that he's crazy. And then later, Libby finds Hurley packing his bag and asks why he attacks Sawyer. Libby tells him that she is on his side, but Hurley says he doesn't want to talk about it and shoves a very large amount of peanut butter in his bag. Hurley says that he is going to live in the caves by himself and be a big bearded guy. He also comments that just no one lives in the cave anymore, so the show is finally addressing it.
0: You know what? Hurley always has like a five o'clock shadow. Why doesn't he have a beard? Is he shaving?
1: I think he's just like me and like gets patchy, but like can't really grow a beard.
0: I don't think so. Cause That's a pretty like all over. Like that's a dense stubble. It looks thick.
1: The other thing is nobody on the on the show has a beard.
0: I don't like all have stubble. I literally need to see. Oh, I guess they have a dress that there's no shaving cream, but they do have a razor. Okay, I'm going to tell myself that they're all shaving. I just needed that.
1: Libby tries to stop Hurley, but he says she cannot help him. No one can. My heart goes out to Hurley on this one. On his way to the caves, Hurley's bag breaks open and the peanut butter spills. He tries to salvage it, but he starts eating it. And then Dave shows up. He again says that he is not there. And Hurley says that Dave was in the hospital, so he cannot be there. And Dave says, well, he is. This causes a flashback where Hurley reads off the list of things he likes about himself to Dr. Brooks. And Brooks asks about the process of writing that list and why he did not mention anything about his appearance. Hurley says he can't change the way he is. And then goes on to say that if he wasn't so fat, they never would have died. Brooks tells him that there were 23 people on the deck. It was made for eight. It would have collapsed with or without him. And Hurley says, But he did go on it, and it did collapse. He says he killed them, and it was his fault. Brooks says it was an accident, and afterwards, he was in a catatonic state. He didn't sleep, he didn't socialize, but he still ate, because he punishes himself that way. Hurley says Dave was right that Brooks doesn't care, but Dave does, because he is his friend. Brooks shows him the photo from before. Dave is not in it, because Dave is not real. So... This moment did nothing for you.
0: Well, it reveals two things. It reveals that Dave is not real. Duh, knew that from the beginning. But it also reveals what the accident was. And I have thoughts. I will say I had this better formed in my head earlier, but I was like, obviously I have to save it for when it's actually brought up. So now it's going to sound stupid. This episode had a lot of pretty serious topics in it. I mean, we're talking about some pretty serious mental health issues. We dance around the concept of suicide later on. Actually, they don't even dance around it. He literally says, I don't want to kill myself. It's a lot of really, really serious topics. And it all stems from this accident, kind of. I mean, it really stems from like his body image and things like that. But, you know, okay, it's all centered around this accident. I don't love the accident. I have to be honest, a lot of the stuff to do with Hurley in his like flashbacks. Remember the episode um, where we're showing all the different stuff that happens in the curse? And you're saying, Oh, it's it's you know very funny. Haha. A guy jumps from a falls from a building. Ha ha. And I was saying the whole time, like, it's not funny. But They do try to frame everything that happens to Hurley as almost funny. And it's not like they tried to frame the accident as something that's funny, but it does. Doesn't it kind of just feel kind of almost like farcical? Like, fat guy goes on a bridge and it collapses or a deck and it collapses and people died. Like, I I don't know why it just felt like gross, and it felt like all of these really serious topics are kind of coming from something that's like, like you would see in like a, a cartoon.
1: I see what you're saying. I didn't personally get the uh farcical aspect of the story. I feel like they kind of were like overcorrecting and just like, oh, we like did a little slapstick comedy with Hurley's past before. And now we're kind of making it like dark Like Hurley, Hurley saying, like, I killed those people and then like breaking down. First of all, as much as I am not a fan of the storyline, props to Jorge Garcia. uh, Great acting this episode, especially specifically this scene. I agree. I don't like. I don't like the accident. I don't really like this storyline. It just feels really weird because it's very 2004. Health is a very complicated issue. And I say this as a big person what is healthy for each individual is different. And they kept saying like, you don't want me to be fat. You don't want me to change. I think the goal is to be healthy. And yes, what Hurley was doing was not healthy. But I never liked the aspect of this episode basically saying like, oh, if you lose a bunch of weight, you'll be better.
0: Yeah, that's true. And even with Libby, like I understand she's trying to be encouraging, but her encouragement is like, I I don't know. I, the thing about him sitting there in that psychologist's office and he's in the middle of therapy and they're talking about, Oh, keep eating your salads and your grilled chicken and not talking about the fact that he's hallucinating an imaginary friend. Just like, let's look at the bigger picture here. Like his weight is really not the issue.
1: Well, for, for I'm not a therapist or anything, but I, I, I kind of understand from watching TV and stuff that like when, When you're that far in to delusion, you can't just like dump a bucket of water on them and wake them up. You got to ease them out of it. And for him, I I think he was establishing the relationship with overindulging with Dave, because even in the in the scene earlier, when Dave is like, let's get tacos, Hurley says, I guess I could eat. That to me is basically saying, like, I'm not hungry, but because of what this conversation is, I am deciding I can eat when I don't really need to.
0: uh, Yeah, sure. I just think, okay, the weight stuff, sign of the times. Yeah. I guess the only thing I'm saying here is I wish that the accident was something different. It feels slapstick to me. It feels like they had this whole idea of this storyline, but they needed a route. And they were like, oh, well, what, what makes sense? Like, it had to be something that stems from his weight. Oh, I got it. He walked out on a deck and it collapsed. It feels gross. I don't know why. I just didn't like it. It's like it's a really heavy episode. And unlike you, I actually like the storyline of him questioning if it's real. Because when we get there, I have thoughts. I actually like that storyline. I just don't like.
1: When I said I don't like that storyline, I meant how much this episode has to do with like his weight.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I I understand why that's the stem of it. I don't like because really what they're touching on is body image issues, which is a, something that comes up a lot. People talk about that a lot more. I just think, whatever, there was no good way to do it. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Let's do I, like we're, we're talking about like what the accident should be. And I don't really know how you could make an accident about, that is caused by his weight not feel that way.
0: I agree. I almost I almost feel like there didn't need to be an accident. This could just be something where, oh, he's always been bullied for his weight or something like that. I don't really know. I understand that there had to be something because they're like, oh, after the accident, catatonic state, and that's what ends up getting him, you know, admitted to this hospital. But I don't know. It's 2004. What are you going to do?
1: Yeah. Hurley is woken up by Dave and Hurley says that Dave is a hallucination. So Dave slaps him. Hurley tells him about the photo and Dave tells him that it was obviously Photoshop. He tells Hurley to stop talking crazy and it's time to go. So Hurley gets out of bed and follows him down the hall. Dave tells him to grab some lasagna for the road and somehow Hurley, in the version of Dave, has mapped out the patrol and knows when the guard change is going to happen. They go to the grec room and find a window and Dave asks if he swiped Brooke's keys, which he did. Hurley then opens the window and Dave says it smells like cheeseburgers, which tastes better than freedom. Dave climbs out and Hurley tells him that he can't leave because Dave isn't real. Dave asks if he took his pills and Hurley says that Dave doesn't want him to get better. Dave says that he doesn't need to change because he's great. Hurley says that he isn't and Dave just wants him to stay fat and he wouldn't care if he ate himself to death. Dave tells him he needs to go now or he will never get out, and Hurley says bye and closes the window on him. Which is such a nice moment, if it's real.
0: Yeah, but it is real.
1: I know, that's just me like alluding to what's going to happen next.
0: Oh, I I get it.
1: (laughs) On the island, Hurley tries to get Dave to disappear by closing his eyes, but Dave is still there. He asks for his slipper back, and then asks if he remembered the night that he closed the window on him and what happened after that. Hurley says that he had a breakthrough. He got better. He got out. He got his job back and got better again. Dave tells him that none of that was real and he is still at Santa Rosa. Hurley doesn't believe him. And Dave says that everything is just a figment of his imagination. Hurley says he won the lottery. And Dave asks what numbers he used. Lenny's numbers. What a coincidence. He asks if he's seen them anywhere else. Like the hatch with the button, the code of which is the numbers. Hurley says again that he changed, but Dave says he's been on an island for two months and hasn't lost 10 pounds. Hurley says that Libby says it won't happen overnight, and Dave says Libby is super hot and likes Hurley, so she can't possibly be real. And then Dave tells Hurley to follow him. Another thing it could be that we we talked about earlier about what caused this, it could be the fact that he's getting closer to Libby that might have triggered it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I did think, I did consider that.
1: So what was your, like, reaction to Dave, like, explaining how none of this is real?
0: Here's my reaction. Dave is convincing as hell. Even though I fully knew that this is all real, and that Dave is wrong, I was like, he's making some great points. Like, if I'm Hurley, I'd believe Dave. And that's what was so scary. I'm like, He's making great points. And if you're already questioning your own sanity because you know Dave is a hallucination you've had in the past and here he is right in front of you and you touched his slipper and he threw a coconut at you. And he's telling you that none of this is real. I don't know. That's that's difficult.
1: They don't talk about it, but it would kind of explain why every time Hurley says, "I know these numbers," nobody cares
0: yeah i mean the numbers thing i think is what's most convincing about it like what are the odds and the fact that he's like oh in your in your fantasy where you know you won the lottery like oh okay with those numbers the same numbers that are on this island and are going to save the world and all this stuff like yeah it is crazy it it is crazy
1: Dave tells Hurley again that all this is fake and that he is the part of Hurley's subconscious that wants him to wake up. He leads him to a cliff, telling him it's the big finale. Hurley tells him that he doesn't want to kill himself, and Dave says that it will bring him back to life. Jumping would say that he doesn't believe it and it would make him wake up. Hurley asks if he jumps, he will wake up, and Dave tells him to come find him when he does, and he says, I'll see you in another life. And then backward falls off the cliff. And for some reason in this moment, I'm like, Dave is like reminding me of like the the literal embodiment of death and like how he's always like wearing like the black robe and everything.
0: He's literally not wearing a black robe. I know, but like black... he's wearing
1: a bathrobe, but I'm like, it kind of would have been funny if he like was wearing a black robe.
0: Oh no, I don't get that. Um I was just stressed here. I was like, obviously somebody's gonna pop out and stop him because we're not about to have someone jump off a cliff. But I was stressed.
1: At the hatch, Locke finds Ana Lucia cleaning her gun, and she tells him that Jack is telling everyone about Henry. Locke says he wants to speak to Henry, and Ana tries to stop him. But Locke says he does not care what she thinks and asks for five minutes. And I know we were just earlier talking about how Ana Lucia has redeemed herself, but this was funny.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that that means Ana Lucia hasn't. I mean, no. she just had to stop someone else from shooting him. She's like, "You fucking men, uh, you're not allowed <laughs> him anymore. A- allowed him? You're not allowed around him anymore."
1: I I just meant like, I thought it was really funny for him to go like, "I don't I don't really fucking care what you think." He says that he's earned at least five minutes, so Anna opens the door and Locke goes in. She then shuts it behind him. Locke asks what his real name is, and Henry says to just keep calling him Henry. He asks if he got caught on purpose saying he has been on this island for God knows how long, but Henry interrupts saying God does not know because he cannot see this island. Henry asks Locke what reason he would have to go through all of this, and Locke says maybe the others want the hatch. So Henry says the hatch is a joke. He says the timer went down to zero, the red symbols appeared, the rube started to clunk and hum, Like a really big magnet.
0: Oh, like what, Zane? Like what? Like a giant magnet? I'm sorry, what? Giant magnet? Who said that? Who said that in the past? She knows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then nothing happened. Yeah, whatever. And the timer reset. He never entered the numbers. And he never pushed the button. Locke says that he's lying. But Henry says he's done lying.
0: Here's the first thing I have to say. Kind of branching off of the topic we were talking about earlier about how sometimes when people have seen the show and they're, you know, excited about someone else watching a show, that they accidentally give spoilers. That scene would have been more exciting to me had you not, last episode, been like, do you think that he entered the numbers? Well, of course I thought he entered the numbers, but then you made me question myself. And so then when he's like, I didn't even enter the numbers, I was like, oh, whatever. That could have been exciting. So stop doing leading questions like that. I literally just yelled at Andrew for doing that with Naruto. Leading questions. Stop it. If I don't bring it up, don't bring it up. Second, giant magnet. What? I don't know if, ah, this is the second time I have to replace this clip
1: stop playing with it every 5 seconds.
0: I can't help it. I
1: get a fidget cube. You ADHD riddled man woman.
0: I'm a woman. <laughs> it broke.
1: All right. Back on topic, please.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my best clip. Okay. Sad <laughs> no. What was I saying?
1: You don't know if
0: I don't know if I believe him but I don't have any reason to think that he's lying.
1: What good would it be to Henry to make Locke question the hatch?
0: I don't think there is any benefit that I know of. But the thing is, I know Locke. No, I don't know Locke. If it were me, I never test this theory. I just keep keep pressing the button.
1: Okay, so going off that, it's time to ask that question again. Do you think the button is real?
0: I don't know
1: is that Mm. what I should put or are you gonna say
0: oh I don't know it's like I feel like I believe Henry like something about him is like telling me that he's not lying
1: was it the part where he said I'm done lying
0: no that could be a lie (laughs) I want to trust Henry I want to trust Henry I don't know why, though. It's not even his name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> More on that later. Libby finds Hurley standing on the cliff, screaming for Dave and asks who that is. Hurley asks how Libby found him, and she says that Jin saw him. Hurley tries to disprove her by saying Jin doesn't speak English, but Libby says some translated I love it when Hurley tries to, like, figure something out. Like, that actually is funny. Like, they've they've joked about Hurley's intelligence in the past, but, like, when he's just like, aha! Libby asks what is going on, and Hurley says that she is the part of his subconscious that is scared and doesn't want to wake up, as he backs towards the cliff. Libby says that he is having some sort of panic attack, and that this is not like him. He says that she doesn't know him. And he asks if she knows that he was so fat he killed two people and he has an imaginary friend. Libby says he is going to hurt himself, but Hurley says none of it's real. Libby asks why, and Hurley says no girl like her would like him. He asks if she remembers when he said he knew her. Maybe it was because he made her up. Before we get to the reveal, did you have any thoughts on why he recognized her?
0: No. I did have a split second where I was like, was she on the bridge? Deck. Why do I say bridge? (laughs) I think it's because when I think about something collapsing, I think about a bridge. Okay. Was she on the deck?
1: Libby walks up to him and asks him about the mail from the tail section of the plane with the broken leg. Hurley says he doesn't know. And Libby tells him because it happened to her. His name was Donald and she buried him. She buried a lot of people. She says, don't tell her that none of it was real. It's insulting to be told that she was made up. He asks if she saw him holding a slipper earlier in the day, and Libby says no. Then she cups his face and says that she is real. He is real. Her feelings for him are real. Then she kisses him as a tear rolls down her cheek, and she says that that was real too. Hurley asks for another one to make sure, and then they laugh. Then she talks him off the ledge, and they go back to camp holding hands. Hurley asks if she thinks that he can change, and she says yes, but has a face of guilt. What was your reaction to the kiss?
0: I still, I didn't like it because I don't trust her.
1: I'm guessing it's because about what happens next.
0: Well, no, I mean, yeah, that's like, that confirmed it for me, but I have just had icky feelings about her this whole time, like ever since she joined the main camp, and I never really had anything to back it up. But yeah, I just, she gives me bad vibes.
1: In the next flashback, Dr. Brooks asks Hurley for a picture with Dave as someone is watching them. Another patient with brown hair who gets her pills at another table. Libby. And that is how the episode ends.
0: That lying bitch.
1: (laughs) Everyone on this island has lied about something or another.
0: But okay, first let me just say, this was a gasp. I did not see that coming. So that was fun. But now I just have more questions. Like, why is she there? Why is she keeping it a secret? It feels icky. She could still be another.
1: So with that theory, do you think that the others are bringing people to the island?
0: I don't know. I don't actually, I feel like I don't actually think she's another, but I'm just saying she could be. Like, I still don't know what, Desmond is if Desmond is truly just landed on this island or not, but he interacted with Jack prior to coming here and he wasn't on the plane. So, you know, she could be another. She could just be a winky-dink encounter, but she knows about it and is actively hiding it from him. It could be out of embarrassment, but something feels icky about it.
1: So just for clarification, are you saying she's lying? For malicious purposes?
0: It's probably not that. Like, it's probably they just want me to think it's malicious, but it's just that she's embarrassed or whatever. But it feels like they're framing it like something sinister is happening.
1: Really, the only question I had for this episode was, do you like Libby? Or what do you think of her, really? And I'm getting the sense, no.
0: No, not a fan. Not a fan. But I do feel like you're glossing over a part. You acknowledged it, but we didn't really talk about it. Henry slash not Henry says, God doesn't know how long we've been on this island. God can't see this island. Which I think is interesting.
1: Why do you think that's interesting?
0: Well, I have referred to the others as a cult in the past. And a cult by definition is based in religion, but it sounds like this is not based in religion. And I'm pretty sure in a previous episode, I said science cult. So now I'm locking it in. Science cult.
1: What does a science cult do?
0: They worship magnets.
1: That's your theory and you're sticking to it.
0: <laughs> sticking to it like a magnet sticks to metal.
1: <laughs> Final thoughts on the episode, Lauren?
0: It was a thinker. Twas a thinker.
1: I am so confident that you will not get next week right that I will let you just keep guessing until you get it.
0: Okay, well, hold on. Let me think. Let me have a moment with my thoughts. You're going to psych me out. Like now I am I would normally think about like, okay, who did we get? So, but now I feel like I'm just going to throw out like a whole a curveball guess. Is this a trick question? Because it's not even a centric. It's just an island only episode.
1: No, there's a centric. I'll even tell you what it's called. It's called SOS.
0: Is it a trick question because it's about someone that we've never had a centric about? Yes. Haha. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just going to start. These are not my guesses. I'm just going to start listing people so I can organize my thoughts. Henry. Libby. I don't think Rose and Bernard will ever get a centric. I want to be an asshole and be like, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not really one of my guesses. Okay. Uh, have I said the person already?
1: Yes.
0: SOS. I'm gonna go Henry.
1: It's Rosen Bernard.
0: Ah I never thought that they would get eccentric.
1: That's ageist of you.
0: They're just they're never part of the main plot. Well they're about to be. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like it makes me feel like this episode is not really gonna drive the plot.
1: It's kind of like the episode that we're talking about now where the, the ape Storyline doesn't really drive the plot, but like something happens. There's like a big moment that kind of like will move things forward with the B storyline.
0: The problem with this season is that there's so many things going on that I feel like I have to wait to get the answers. Like now, all I want to know is why, like, give me more information on Libby and I'm not going to get it. It's going to take forever. Sorry. (laughs) And speaking of being impatient and waiting forever, Zayn has been flooding our TikTok with new content, but I cannot watch 95% of it. Every time I get on TikTok, it's all just covered by season two spoilers, season three spoilers, season four spoiler. And I I have so much FOMO that I cannot watch these TikToks, but you can, dear listener. So head on over to LaurenGetsLostPod on TikTok, Pod on Instagram, Lauren Gets Lost on Twitter, our Facebook page, not group, Lauren Gets Lost. And eventually, at the end of season two, I will get to watch some of those TikToks, and we will be recording my reactions and putting them on YouTube on our new channel that does have two videos up at this point in time. So go subscribe to our YouTube and remember that when we get 100 subscribers on YouTube, I lost a bet because of the glasses on my face right now. And I will be reading my Saeed and Anna Lucia fanfic that has not been written. <laughs> and eventually, eventually, Zane will be posting our Vincent-centric episode starring his dog, Locke that I'm sure he's been working really hard on, right, Zane?
1: I, too, have exams to study for, Lauren. So
0: Let's all encourage Zane by going to our social media and just bombarding him with comments. Zane, we want the Vincent-centric. Please, Zane, give it to us. Until then, please support us. You know how to do it. Give us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. Send us a nice DM. Spread the word. Share us with your friends, your family, your therapist, and join us next week for SOS.
1: Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole
0: time.